My shirt's there, my friend. Hey, hey. What's up, Hussein? You know, I was going to get on last week, but I dropped my AirPods somewhere in Florida. So uh, there are no ways to connect with in a restaurant. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah. Just trying to uh, set up the room real quick, get these topics. What are we yeah. talking about tonight? We got some networking, we got some leadership. Give me a third topic, Hussein. What's the third topic? What do we usually put? Well, leadership. What else did I'll you put, say? Uh, networking. I'm going to put chill vibes. We'll have some chill vibes going on tonight. Mm, I guess. Yeah, that should be that should be fun. Hey, Russell, how's it going? Hussein, two months. How are y'all? Doing all right. Doing all right. Uh, just trying to set up the uh, topics on this room and. Yeah. Get the room Just give me one second. I'll make you guys moderators. Uh, crazy week so far, huh? Yeah. And job security. Call it. <laughs> job security. Yeah. You call it job security. I call it uh, losing my hair. Wow. Uh, but yes, job security indeed. Um, I, 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 I was just say. Uh, a lot of missed opportunities. Let's just put it that way. Missed opportunities. Mm-hmm. All right. I think I got the room set up. Uh, you should see it. Yep. There it is. All right. I'm going to say your name wrong. Why don't you tell me how to pronounce your name? Um, I'm saying make you a moderator. Russell. PK. Can I get a microphone check for you? Mr. Karant. Parbat, can you uh, unmute and say hello, hello? I'm here. It's a little mute. Oops. Yeah. You scared awesome. him away. Who's saying you scared him away? Way to go. Uh, he'll come back. You must be <laughs> setting up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm text messages on my work phone uh, okay good stuff all right if you uh if you need to unmute there's a little microphone on the bottom right of your screen there perfect is. hey hey Tomas. hey 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 can hear you loud and clear uh, awesome yeah i was help. uh for some reason uh when i tuned in earlier on that microphone didn't show up it's uh showing up right now yeah <laughs> yeah it it doesn't show up when you're in the audience but when you're on stage it pops up right there on the bottom right of your screen so that you can mute and unmute so as we're talking you'll see us sort of mute our, our mics got it and then we'll unmute when we're done to, and we'll unmute when we want to say something so um so you see hussein and, and russell have their little microphone Perfect. Am I? Uh, how's it? How's my audio? Is it too loud, or is it uh, just about right? Or it sound fine for me. Uh, Perfect. I, All good. Listen? All good. All right. Yeah. Perfect. I got. Perfect. I got to get a uh, professional microphone to connect to my uh, phone. I have one for my computer when I do typical podcast interviews, but I don't have one that connects to my phone other than my. Uh, Apple AirPods. Not to sound like I'm promoting Apple at all. <laughs> Flexing, I like it. Yeah. 
So look, it is uh, it's seven fifty nine p.m. Eastern time. Uh, is it is it a boys' event this evening? Where where the, where the women at on from our moderators? Where are they? I don't know. <laughs> They said they weren't coming. I thought they said they were. Uh, I think yeah. I think Lisa Bev is on is on holiday, taking a much taking needed a much... vacation, which is good for her. Uh, not sure where the other ones are, so we'll give them a few minutes, and we'll give folks a few minutes to join the room, and and uh, and then we'll get started. There's Katie balancing out the group, keeping us uh, sane for the evening. Evening, Katie. Katie. Katie, microphone check for you. Okay. So look, why don't we, uh, we do have some folks in the audience. I'm sure more will show up as we continue to get into the conversation. Um, most of the folks in the audience are members of our Clubhouse chat. Uh, so thank you for being repeat listeners. Uh, but anyways, it is 8 p.m. Eastern time. Prabhav, are you going to help me pronounce your name right? Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely, Thomas. Uh, you, uh, it, you, I think you got it right. It's uh, Prabhav, but uh, feel free to call me PK. Um, that uh, I go by PK in a lot of places. So, yeah. That's because uh, uh, us Americans don't know how to pronounce foreign names. Trust me, I, <laughs> people hammer my name all the time. So I, I get it. I, I get it. Uh, Anil, Anil, microphone check for you, sir. How's it going? There it is, loud and clear, loud and clear. All right, look, why don't we get into it? Um, Katie, go ahead, Katie, I can hear you. I was uh, doing a uh, microphone check, hello. Microphone check, one, two, who is this? Let's get it started. So look, it's uh, 8.01 p.m. Eastern time. We're gonna go to about 9.30 or so this evening. Uh, PK, we'll ask you questions for about 30 to 40 minutes or so, maybe more on the 30-minute side, uh, depending upon how many questions we have and uh, and how many other moderators join up. Uh, and then we will open up for the audience to ask you questions. Um, so this should be a relatively relaxing day for you uh, and for everybody listening. There's a lot going on in the cyber world. We've got, yep. uh, we've got the geopolitical stuff in Russia and Ukraine. We've got the... Uh, U.S.-based companies having cyber issues and incidents and, and poorly communicating to their customers. Oh, man, what are they to do? Uh, but look, let's have fun. Let's, let's leave all of that aside. Let's have fun. Let's focus in more on the journey. Let's get to know you, PK. Let's get to know what, what you're all about um, and, and you know, use this as an opportunity to, to share your, your origin story with, uh, with the group. So, you know, we're going to have a good time. Uh, just quick ground rules or guardrails, you know, our comments and opinion for most of us on the stage are our own and do not represent our current or, or former employer. Uh, so we'll ask that you uh, be mindful of that. Um, this is being recorded, so obviously what we say can be replayed back. Um, but just be mindful of the fact that we're not here to uh, answer questions about our current or, or prior employers. We're here really to represent our own opinions and views uh, and have a dialogue, an open conversation, open dialogue, and ha like I said, have a good time. Uh, if you are a vendor in the audience, which I don't see many just yet, but if you are and I missed you and you do pop up on stage, you know the deal. Don't sell us on your stuff today. Sell us on your stuff 
sometime else other than today. Uh, maybe never. I don't know. It depends on how good your product is, but just not today. Today is not the day. Let's uh, have a different type of conversation this evening. Uh, so without further ado, uh, PK, I'm good. we're going to introduce ourselves. I'll start. We'll leave you for last. Uh, so I'm Tomas Maldonado. I'm the CISO at the NFL. Uh, Hussein, over to you. Hussein Syed, uh, CISO at RWJ Barnabas Health. The opinions are mine and solely mine, not of my current or future employer. Over to you, Mr. Eubanks. Thank you, my friend. Russell Eubanks here. Great to be here as always. If you don't have this on your calendar, every Wednesday night, like Tomas has said, 8 to about 9.30, the highlight of my week. It tells me the week is uh, on the downhill slope. Uh, Russell Eubanks, a former CISO for the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. Last two years, been running my company, Security Ever After, where I help people get promoted into their first CISO job. Katie, over to you, my friend. Hi, good evening, everybody. I'm Katie Hannigan. I'm the, um, uh, it's funny, I'm saying like multiple uh, jobs. So I am the VCSO for uh, my company as well as, and I run that program as well as the um, VP of Cybersecurity Strategy as well uh, for a boutique SI out of Chicago. Anil, it's over to you. Thanks, Katie. Welcome aboard, PK. Uh, Anil Varghese uh, currently serves as a virtual CISO, but formerly a five-time CISO uh, across corporate uh, uh, verticals. Uh, looking forward to tonight's engagement. Back to you, Tomas. All right. Most of the time, I feel like I'm a virtual CISO because I am on, on uh, video conferencing calls all the time. So I, I know it's not the same, but, uh, <laughs> but anyways. Um, we do appreciate you, Katie and Anil, uh, and I, I appreciate you, Russell and Hussein. Thanks for joining us. PK, over to you, my friend. Why don't you give us a moment, introduce yourself, and then we'll sort of get into the Q&A. Absolutely. Absolutely, Thomas. Uh, firstly, uh, thank you so much for having me on here. This is an absolute pleasure, uh, and I really loved uh, the way you described this, uh, you know, kind of uh, this chat, right? It should be like a relaxing experience for most of us because things actually have been a little crazy over the past few days uh, for all of us, I'm sure, uh, that are in the community. So, uh, yeah, so quick introduction on me. Uh, this is Prabhat. I go by PK, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, I am currently uh, a senior director of security. Uh, at Trip Actions, uh, a Trip Actions is uh, an end-to-end -end, uh, business travel and business expense management SaaS platform uh, headquartered uh, in the Silicon Valley in Palo Alto. Uh, we uh, we currently uh, are you know kind of around 1,500 plus employees, around 8,000 plus customers, uh, and then we are really trying to disrupt the overall business travel and business expense management industry. So I've been here. Uh, for close to a year now, uh, and I lead several of you know the defensive uh, uh, and offensive uh, security disciplines here at uh, Trip Actions. Uh, prior to uh, Trip Actions, uh, you know I was with Adobe uh, for close to uh, for close to nine years. Uh, I uh, was I got to experience some uh, really crazy growth uh, from a uh, you know business perspective and also you know kind of from a uh, security program perspective, supporting that business expansion and business disruption during my tenure at Adobe, uh, I got to be part of a wave when the company reinvented itself uh, in you know from selling desktop uh, you know software 
uh, in series to a cloud services business model. And the business actually expanded from uh, a $30 billion company to a $300 billion company. And what that meant is there were some unique challenges from a security perspective that had to be looked into. And I got an opportunity to kind of uh, ride that wave and, uh, and actually support that business transformation through all the security initiatives that uh, we did there. Uh, prior to that, uh, prior to that, a little bit about my journey. I am. Uh, uh, I was originally born and raised in India. Uh, I went to school uh, in India. I was born and raised in a uh, in a small town, a coastal beach town called Mangalore, uh, which is around 200 miles uh, south of Bangalore. I mean, I'm, I'm sure most of you here have probably heard of Bangalore, but uh, this is a town called Mangalore. I'm not sure how many of you are familiar. There, it was a small little town. I went to school there. Uh, I did my engineering in, uh, you know, electronics and communication engineering. And then as most folks in India do, I started off as uh, a software programmer, uh, first job out of school, and then quickly realized just within a few months that uh, software programming was uh, not really something that I wanted to excel my career in. I think I was uh, very fortunate to realize that pretty early on in my career. And then, then with my kind of education and my aspirations and the little skills that I had gathered, I was like, what else should I be doing, right? And then I looked at a bunch of opportunities and then finally landed in an opportunity uh, in a data center of a pretty large bank. Uh, and this back then, this was uh, pre-cloud days. This was primarily like the entire IT operations. It was all on-prem. Uh, you know, servers, and it was like there's a data center and a disaster recovery center. And then this uh, IT department in that bank had a very small information security team, very small information, like around three people information security team. So I got a chance to get into that team as a junior most resource. And then since that team was pretty small and this bank was a little tech savvy and very forward thinking from a tech perspective and also from a security perspective, I got kind of exposed to various domains of security, like things ranging from network security and a little bit of web application security because there was internet banking, there was a lot of compliance because of the regulatory aspects and all of that, and developed deep-rooted interest on, you know, for the overall security uh, profession, right? Uh, uh, some of the things that really caught my interest is there's so many domains and there's so much to learn in each of these domains, and I'm the kind of person that Likes to who likes to double click on each of these areas and go deeper and deeper and deeper till you know I kind of satisfy my overall intellectual curiosity and my craving, right? So that's how I got into security. I did that uh, for three years and got a good foundation there, and then I moved into uh, uh, moved into consulting. I was doing some security, uh, you know, consulting with PricewaterhouseCoopers for a year and a half, and. Uh, this is both on the technical side and then on uh, the non-technical governance uh, aspects as well. Uh, so got to play that role a little bit after being in the industry for three years, got to play, uh, you know, like a customer facing role from a consulting perspective with a big four. But this is primarily like Fortune 100, Fortune 200 customers. So got some rich experience there. And then after that, uh, I think uh, I, I was positioned or I was given this unique opportunity in Adobe to be part of that team that was actually building the security program as the business was moving to the cloud. So uh, that's how I joined Adobe. And then, uh, and then you know, kind of, uh, and then the, I spoke about the other stuff after that, like Adobe and then TripActions. So yeah, I think been doing security work for the last 15 years, very, very passionate about 
uh, about the field and the profession, uh, very much uh, involved in the community here in the Valley and uh, parts outside the Valley as well. Uh, currently advising uh, some startups and uh, some founders as well, kind of plugged in overall a little bit on the overall startup ecosystem and the VC community as well. Uh, yeah, I think uh, when you're having fun with something, it doesn't really feel like work. So uh, I keep myself very busy with, uh, you know, all of this stuff. So, yeah, that's a little bit about my journey. And uh, I would, uh, you know, kind of stop there and maybe start off. Uh, we can do this questions. Yeah. No, no, look, that, that's that's good. And, and thank you for that sort of uh, backdrop. And, you know, what, I, what I'll say is, you know, from a pres- professional standpoint, it seems like you've had, uh, you know, a good amount of uh, experience and different opportunities. And, you know, what I, what, what I want to try to do is, is maybe go a little bit deeper, uh, you know, focusing, not, not focusing, but, you know, give us the, the non-professional side of you. Right, PK. Let's let's talk about your origin story. So you 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 were in India as a child yep. growing up. You were born in India, uh, Mangalore. I've never I've never uh, been to <laughs> Mangalore. I've been to Bangalore, been to yeah. Chennai, and I've been to uh, Mumbai. Uh, so you know, give for for folks like me that have never been there, right? What what was that experience like? You know, give us a little bit more about your origin story and like, you know, how what were some of those initial ideas and initial um uh initial aspects of what you were exposed to that shaped you know who you are today and and you know and and has allowed you to be you know successful as as you've been able to 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 sort of uh uh give us that that chronology uh, about your 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 work history like give us that before work right yep yep that before stage so why don't you start there uh yeah, that's a that's a fantastic uh, you know kind of segue, uh, Thomas. So yeah, so uh, I kind of figured that most folks uh, uh, wouldn't have heard of Mangalore. So uh, I'll start a little bit about you know Mangalore and then how kind of growing up there actually shaped me and the little bit of influence that my parents had there and all of that stuff. So yeah, Mangalore is a, 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 a small beach town uh, around two hundred miles south of Bangalore. It is by the coast. I uh, I grew up in a place where the ocean was literally like a mile away from my house, right? So I could uh, I, I could literally get to the ocean in like uh, ten minutes, right? Uh, if I wanted to, uh, and then uh, and 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 of course there is this whole uh, the culture, uh, you know, it's 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 kind of like a little bit of a fisherman's uh, town, and the culture there's a total beach vibe uh, there. It's it's a very small town. There's a total beach vibe. It's known for education. The town is known for education. There are like really really good schools and all of that. But other than that, from a business perspective, it's it's a little slow, right? It's a small town, not very competitive. Uh, things are okay. Uh, you can live a good life, but uh, you know, um, it's it's very relaxed kind of culture. So that's the kind of environment where uh, I was raised, uh, and then. Uh, and and most folks, I think I see, uh, you know, some folks from India in the audience here, right? The whole educational culture there is pretty competitive overall, right? There's a lot of competition and all of that. But uh, I think I was kind of fortunate where my my father was uh, uh, was more uh, of a people person. I mean, he was a people leader. He was like actually leading a pretty large organization. Uh, for bank employees back there. And his job was basically gathering folks towards a common mission, right? So I got exposed to that pretty early on, the way he would navigate 
you know, through uh, some people problems and how he would navigate that organizations towards, you know, climbing greater heights and success and all of that, right? Uh, I was really, really influenced by that a lot uh, at, at, at a very early age, looking at him do that. And uh, I also, uh, you know, uh, also one thing I would say, I mentioned about competition, like I never had any pressure at home when it come, came to education or saying that, oh, you need to pursue a particular career track or whatever. Uh, I never ever had any pressure, right? My parents would be like, oh, you could, you can do whatever you want, whatever you feel like, not, no real pressure. I mean, make sure you get educated and get decent grades. But other than that, it, it's pretty good, right? So I think that shaped me in a very unique way where uh, when I came into the business world and I kind of transformed into, you know, this kind of transpired into my professional life, I felt like unless I'm like really, really into something, I wouldn't pursue it. I wouldn't pursue something just because it is lucrative or, you know, just because there is a good career path there or something like that, because that's the way I was raised, right? And that's why I mentioned earlier that when I started my first job as a software programmer, because back then, uh, you know, that was like the most lucrative profession, like software engineer, I, uh, you know, I kind of didn't like it. I kind of didn't like it very early on and I was looking for other options. So that's how I feel like, you know, that town and my parents had a little bit of uh, uh, influence on me overall, uh, I mean, growing up there, right? And uh, uh, and of course, now when I think about uh, my hometown, I feel very nostalgic. I mean, it's a, it's a really, really kind of low pressure kind of town uh, compared to like Silicon Valley where uh, I'm currently living in. And, uh, and and it's a very, very relaxed environment, warm waters, and, and uh, you don't like need wetsuits to get in the water. Uh, it, it's warm waters throughout the year. Monsoon is pretty beautiful. Rains are awesome. So all of that had a pretty big influence, I would say, like growing up. And then a uh, lot of those, you know, kind of a uh, 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 lot of those uh, uh, things that I learned through that journey or I experienced through that journey has totally shaped and transpired into my uh, professional life as well. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. And, uh, you know, I guess, not, you know, not a lot of people would when they think about India, they think of the sort of water side uh, uh, of of the the, the country. Um, at least I, I know I I, I didn't. And at least until I went to Chennai, and then I was uh, meeting with some folks there, and they were telling me that they grew up in the, on the water side, and that I need to go down to the water side. And you've got really great beaches, from what I've heard. Yeah, uh, I just haven't I haven't made my way down there just yet. Um, but I but I do aspire to to get down to the beach side. Um, Hussein, over to you, my friend. So, PK, uh, great intro about yourself. You know, glad to hear that. You know, you were not pressured into becoming a doctor or an engineer or a CPA, or rather a CA back home. That's what you know. Our most parents expect their kids to be. Uh, <laughs> tell us something about yourself. You like to play cricket. Uh, you are you a Bollywood fan? You know, give us something about what PK is like at a friend. Level. Yeah, that's a that's a good. Uh... Uh, that's a good one, Hussein. So uh, I I do follow cricket. I'm uh, I'm pretty. Uh, I follow. I used to play when I was uh, in school and college and all of that. And of course, I was not very good at it because if I was good at it, then I would have probably pursued that. Uh, but yeah, I understand the game technically very well, and I follow the Indian cricket team and all of that. Right? It's uh, it's fun to watch them play. Uh, but me, more on uh, the personal level as a friend, I am. Uh, I'm more uh, I'm more of an outdoor person. Uh, I love the outdoors here 
um, pretty much a big hiker, uh, runner, and uh, and also, I mean, just taking walks in, in nature and all of that stuff, right? I like to unwind that way. And then I love uh, animals like cats and dogs, uh, uh, like cats more than dogs, I would say, uh, which uh, my wife generally is not very happy about. But yeah, I mean, um, uh, um, I'm a big animal lover. Uh, and then I find a lot of, you know, that's uh, kind of my outlet, right? I, I find, uh, uh, I mean, if, uh, if I have to choose things to unwind, uh, yeah, like uh, outdoors and pets, and then uh, also big into yoga lately. I think COVID um, has really uh, kind of gotten me into yoga. Like initially, uh, when you know uh, COVID, the pandemic happened, and we all had to switch to kind of work from home more. Uh, the first month was pretty difficult for me. It was actually very difficult for me because I'm a very uh, outgoing person. I do great, uh, you know, being around people. Uh, and 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 in those kind of environments, and then just the whole thing switching to kind of remote life was uh, was very difficult for me. It was challenging, so I had to figure out a way to uh, kind of keep my mental sanity and all of that. And that's where I started exploring and discovering yoga and mindfulness. And uh, I've never really looked back. I've been pretty much practicing yoga pretty much every day in my life ever since uh, ever since those days. Yeah. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yeah. And yeah, from a family perspective, I'm married currently um, and uh, married for five years. Uh, and yeah, that's, yeah. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, so you're a Virat Kuli fan? I don't know if I pronounced the name properly. Sorry, what is that again, Rob? Are you a Virat Kuli fan? The big cricketer, Indian cricketer? Oh, Virat Kuli, yeah. I mean, I, um, Virat and a few others, right, overall. I actually understand that game really well, like the technical aspects of it, because I used to play and I learned, I got coached too. So, um, yeah, I follow some of these folks and I more than the, the individuals, uh, uh, it's just uh, fun to watch the technical side of it, right, the sport, because I can relate to it, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Over to you, Russell. Wait, wait. Wait, what is that? What is this? Cricket. Hussein, you oh, change his... so, oh, okay. so Cricket is an English sport that all countries that were colonized by Britain, you know, played that as a national sport. So the way we have baseball here, we have cricket in India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, all the countries, and there are lots of competitive, you know, and it's a professional sport. And so the, the gentleman that I was mentioning he was rated number one in the world for a number of years as a as a test cricketer, I think. That's what they call it. And there's, you know, every year there are, what, four or five tournaments of cricket. I really couldn't describe all the rules and regulations. Uh, I didn't grow up in that part of the world, but I do watch it from time to time. My dad was a very big cricket fan, so most of the time when I wanted to spend time with my dad, I would sit and watch cricket with him and listen to, you know, the commentary about what they were doing right or wrong. So it's just a sport. I mean, uh, PK, you could probably describe it a little bit better in detail. Yeah, I think, um, uh, Thomas, uh, if you've not heard of it, it's very different than the NFL. Let me, uh, no, no, uh, I've heard, American I've heard of it. I'll caveat and say that I have heard of cricket. I I, I thought uh, the, the name of the person that you mentioned, oh. I, I didn't catch the name. So I thought that was, I thought that was something else that I was like, wait, what is that? Is that a sport? But that sounds like that was a person that you were mentioning. Yeah. So a famous person, a famous yeah. cricketer. For a famous cricketer. And there's a rating, you know, world rating of cricketers. So Virat was, I think, 
a number one or number one for a few years as the test cricketer. So that you could think there are thousands of cricketers in the world and he was number one. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. That's kind of like, I guess, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know his name. Like the Brady, from. I don't know. Yeah, like exactly. <laughs> like, a, like a Brady of the NFL. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Over. Uh, over, Russell, over to you, sir. <clears throat> Thank you, friends. I, PK, so great to get to get to meet you, learn about your origin story and the success you've had. Uh, just uh, so amazing uh, how that's done. It. Now, I'm really interested. You know, you talked about your small beach town and a town I've not heard of before either. And then maybe on the other side of that, you know, the uh, uh, Silicon Valley advising founders and so almost like two opposite things that I wouldn't necessarily put together uh, before tonight. Can you tell me what it's like to do that balance and, and kind of uh, your origin story and how that compares to uh, sometimes aggressive growth and uh, pressures and stress that comes uh, perhaps with what I think about with uh, Silicon Valley work? How, how do you balance that and maybe how one might influence and and uh, and help you uh, uh, do the things that you do? I'd love to hear a little bit more about uh, the balance that, that might exist there. Yeah, absolutely, Russell. Absolutely. I think this goes back to a little bit about, uh, you know, my upbringing and the way I was brought up in like a no pressure environment where uh, I kind of had this mindset early on in my life that if I'm not enjoying something, I'm 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 just not going to do it. Right. Uh, uh, it has to be the journey has to be has to be enjoyable. Uh, and uh, and and I, I kind of uh, uh, one of the reasons where the reason I'm, you know, um, uh, in my, you know, living in the valley here and working in, uh, in like hyper growth companies and doing a lot and working in the community closely with other founders and VCs and all of that, I'm able to do all this. I feel one of the reasons is because I'm very, very passionate about uh, our profession and the community. I mean, there is so much to learn. I mean, every time there is like a digital transformation, there is a, uh, there is a change in, 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 in a way that you know, companies operate, like, for example, uh, the cloud transformation was a big deal. Now there is like so much innovation going on further. Uh, you know, folks are like containerizing workloads and then there's this DevSecOps wave where you're moving security to the left. And then there is also things around innovative ways, ways of, you know, managing supply chain risk and then AppSec and overall the whole, the way we think about managing the security program has changed, I feel, in the last uh, 15 years since I've been in the business. Uh, and then and the kind of disruption that is happening in, in the security startup space right now, where as practitioners, we know a lot of these very unique challenges, right? Uh, that when you double click, right? I mean, say, for example, you double click a domain like AppSec or cloud security or third party risk or, you know, business continuity or, uh, you know, enterprise security or compliance, right? There are so many like unique problems, like further, right? When you double click on that. And when you double click on that, and when you see folks that are trying to solve that problem and you understand where they're coming from, it's just fascinating. I just feel like uh, as a, uh, and as a practitioner, this is just a really, really good time to be in the, in the profession. And I just feel like I'm like a kid in the candy store, right? It doesn't, at least I've not yet gotten to a point where, I'm feeling like serious burnout and all of that because I just really, really enjoy what I do, right? I really enjoy what I do and I'm just like having a ball doing it, right? So from that perspective, I feel like Russell to answer your question, maybe that's why uh, that, uh, I mean, that mindset I feel like has a big role to play 
uh, in you know this fast-paced life. But uh, if I even kind of didn't enjoy a small element or a small aspect of it, this would have been really challenging. I would probably think of you know going back to uh, my small little beach town in Bangalore, I guess. Right. So yeah, that's the. Uh, that's how I would, I mean, that's the key factor I would feel. I, I think that's it, yeah. Wow, that's so fascinating. I appreciate you diving into that and helping me appreciate that uh, just a little bit better. So I really appreciate that. Uh, Katie, over to you. Well, thank you, Russell. Hi, it's so nice to get a chance to talk to you. And I love hearing about, um, you know, when you're on the ground in uh, Silicon Valley, and of course it's, it's happening all over the world, but, um, um, in Silicon Valley, when you're double clicking on things, right? Um, I love that. And just curious, you know, I hear a lot of things coming into my office every day about um, the uh, moments of the day, things that have happened in the day. When you're double clicking in on, you know, what's going on with um, cybersecurity in a startup, for example, what do we need to do? Or cybersecurity in a, in a small business, what do we need to do? When you say double click, what do you mean? Uh, is that authentication? Is that, um, you know, micro segmentation of your network? What is it? Uh, and so I'd love to dig into more of what that double click is. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Katie. I think uh, uh, the way I would answer that or think about it is, right, I think as practitioners, uh, there is so much noise out there uh, overall, right? And then there is overall this vendor ecosystem as well, where you hear a lot of things from and and from peers and all of that, right? But one thing I've learned, uh, and and you know, this has kind of worked for me in the past, and uh, I've, I've had some you know kind of success and effectiveness with this mindset is that it's very important to focus on the risk, right? As practitioners, because it's easy to kind of get lost in and do some you know kind of uh, uh, science projects that are not really aligned with the business objectives, right? So once you understand your business really, really well and understand what those key risk areas are for your business and and what the short-term and the long-term business objectives are for your organization, that could be like one year and three year kind of business objectives, right? And, and, and then what the key risks are from a security perspective that would actually hinder your, you know, perseverance or, uh, you know, reaching or achieving those business objectives, right? Once you come up with that listing, then I would say that you can double click. And, uh, and that could be different for uh, different industries. It could be different for kind of, you know, different uh, for, uh, it could be dependent on the phase of uh, growth your organization in, because I've seen very different kinds of like Adobe, for example, was a uh, uh, as I said, was a $300 billion business, was uh, a 30,000 people company when I left uh, Adobe, whereas now I'm in a hyper growth startup where uh, we are, you know, kind of uh, uh, trying to disrupt uh, the business travel and business expense management industry and, and it's just a hockey stick growth pretty much for the company. And then we are uh, really, really innovating at a pretty rapid pace. And then we have some business outcomes that we want to achieve in, in the next one to three years, right? And, uh, and then, you know, kind of, uh, understanding what the risks are and then actually double clicking on that and uh, and having all of these different contexts around uh, around that right that i think is very important as a security leader and a practitioner to have that well-rounded view rather than having uh, a focused template of uh, uh, say authentication or access or whatever you want to do right it always needs to be linked to uh, the broader business mission yeah 
Yeah, I really appreciate that too. And um, when you dig into the risk, what are the things that you're seeing that uh, we should be most uh, aware of in terms of risks in the next, you know, four weeks, six weeks, uh, slash 18 months? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. So uh, I would say that, I mean, most practitioners in the, in this room would agree to this, right? Supply chain has been a common theme with uh, solar winds and log4j and with all the recent news that is happening right now. So there is uh, uh, supply chain is uh, uh, supply chain security and third party risk is uh, uh, a critical, critical one. And then again, when you talk about third party, uh, you know, risk and supply chain, there are several aspects to it, right? You can look at it in the context of, say, AppSec, where, you know, your developers are using, you know, open source software and third party libraries versus procuring a SaaS tool that is connecting through APIs to your environment. Uh, you need to look at that differently, right? Or your business application mesh that are communicating, uh, mesh that is communicating with each other through, uh, you know, interconnectivity. So there's various angles to look at supply chain. If you double click on supply chain and third party risk, I would say that you can at least come up with uh, like five to six different uh, you know, kind of uh, aspects through which you can look at it uh, from a problem perspective. There are like unique problems in each of these areas. So that's what I feel to answer your question, Katie. I think that's where I feel like the focus will be on. And then if I had to pick one more, it would be data security, right? I see a lot of uh, uh, privacy regulations that are coming up in Europe and in certain countries in Europe, there are state specific regulations that are coming and these are laws that you need to comply with. And they have a lot of, uh, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of interconnectivity there with the security aspects of things, right? Uh, overall, the protections that you have around data. So I think these two aspects, uh, I would say, if I had to double click, these two would, would be my top picks, yeah. Yeah, thank you. I mean, we're always, you know, there's the landscape every single day when we wake, we wake up and we look at, okay, this is what I have from this data feed. This is what I have from that data yeah. feed. It's, it's so hard to figure out what do we double click on. So yeah, no, that's that's very beneficial. Thank you so much. Um, Anil, uh, back over yeah. to you. You shouldn't double click on things you don't know any, you don't know well, who to send them. See why I asked twice. Yeah. <laughs> I asked twice. That's I a good one. In, I looked at his background on uh, it you know, like while we were talking to ensure that it was uh, good data and I concur, it was good data, but thank you. I appreciate that, Tomas, you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kitty. Hey, I, hey. Um, yeah, you know, you definitely have a, yeah. you know, passion and interest uh, in engineering, security side, but you know, what do you do to find balance, right? Just like this week, you know, there's so many different, threats that impact the space that we we, we exist within. Uh, what do you do? What are your hobbies? How do you get engaged? How do you find that balance? That's a, uh, thanks for asking that question, uh, Anil. I think uh, it's uh, super important for folks in our community to think about this right now and, and for us as leaders to generate awareness about this stuff because uh, I've had, uh, I've spoken to folks in the past where uh, they get burnt out and they don't even know that it is coming, right? So it's very, very important, I feel, that uh, to find that balance. For me, uh, what is extremely helpful is, as I said, uh, I've gotten into this practice of yoga. Uh, and uh, and uh, I mean, uh, a lot of you folks uh, have probably heard of uh, Deepak Chopra, who's, uh, uh, you know, who's uh, like a very popular uh, mindfulness guru. Uh, this, and I follow him. I follow some of his, you know, kind of... Uh, 
the things that he talks about around mindfulness and overall life. There's one thing that kind of caught my attention one time when he was talking about this is that uh, he mentioned that yoga uh, works on uh, something called as your vagus nerve, uh, which is associated with healing. Okay, it's associated with healing both mentally and physically. Now, ever since I heard that from Deepak, I've been I make sure I never miss my practice, and uh, I think I'm reaping rewards there. And it also generates uh, a certain uh, level of mindfulness, I would say, right? Because uh, when you're doing yoga, you're focusing on your posture, your breath, and you learn to control your breath, which has a huge impact in your overall mental well-being. If you ask me, uh, like if you can control your breath and kind of uh, manage that in stressful situations, it really, really you know, kind of helps you. Uh, and yeah, so yoga automatically, uh, you know, leads into mindfulness. And then uh, these are some of the ways that I find balance in life. And then, of course, uh, uh, the outdoors, right? Whenever I get the opportunity, I go to the Redwoods, I, I hike and uh, I live in a part of San Jose where the mountains are pretty close by. And uh, whenever I get an opportunity, I go there. Uh, yeah, so these are some ways that I found find balance in life, yeah. Oh, that's great. I appreciate you sharing that, PK. You know, and, and take that a step further, you know, you know, as leaders and people managers, what tips uh, or tricks of the trade have you seen work with your teams, especially, you know, during this post-COVID time, people emerging back to the office to, again, find that collectively, you know, as a barometer or checkpoint with your teams? Sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good question. I mean, uh, see, I'm a I'm a big proponent of you know in-person connections and uh, and and having that connection when as as with your team and all of that, right? So uh, now, as hopefully the pandemic is over and as we are getting back to office and all of that, uh, I'm I'm very refreshed by whatever is happening right now. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think it was challenging. I think initially when uh, the pandemic happened and all of us had to switch to like remote work. Um, it is. It was a little uh, challenging to kind of manage and and all of that, right? But some of the things that I feel uh, when I think back now uh, that have worked for me is that I really upped my communication frequency with my team. Um, uh, I and I I would uh, I would you know kind of consciously check in more often and and consciously make sure that folks are uh, you know getting what they need to be successful at their work. Uh, and then, and also uh, trying to get to know them uh, as a person, right? Not just as uh, as a staff or as a, as a colleague, but at least get to know them at a personal level. Uh, and then, when you have that dynamic overall, uh, and when you really like, I mean, Anil, I feel like as leaders, one of our primary job is to serve, right? Uh, if you go with that mindset, then I feel like the success will follow. Uh, and and I've kind of embraced that uh, mindset in in the last few years, and uh, I feel like that has been extremely successful. And and it also helped in overall you know stress management in my life as well. I mean I've uh, I'm very proud and fortunate that I've built great teams in the past and people who've been with me for 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 a long time. And uh, it just makes work a, a lot of fun, right? It just makes a lot of fun. It's like working with people that you love working with, and um, it's just it's just fun to get to work and you know have these conversations. So. Yeah, I think uh, getting to know folks at a personal level, understanding their needs and actually providing them the right support to for them to be successful and then building a little bit of friendship uh, and not just a business relationship, right? 
uh, these are some of the things I would say uh, that come talk to my mind. Yeah, Anil. Oh, great, great. I appreciate that. Thanks for sharing. Again, like you said, those are tips, you know, when you're in the pandemic and, you know, even out, even more so outside of that, right, to engage your, ensure you're forming those good relationships. Appreciate that. On to you, Tomas. Sure. Get working with people that you like? What is that? What is that? I'm just playing. <laughs> that makes that makes the day go by. Building exactly. Relationships and those connections with people. I mean, that that's, you know, it, it's it's funny. Cause, well, not funny, but when I always think about why do we do what we do, in, you know, in business, everything that we deal with, at least for the most part, is all about some sort of relationship, building relationship and making or enriching someone's experience, right? Whatever, if it has to do with your, your product, your service, your offering, what have you, you're trying to one, build a relationship and some sort of partnership and then enrich that person's experience or AKA add value into what they're doing. Uh, so I I think that's... Uh, yeah, 100%, um, 100%. And just to kind of add to that, Thomas, that especially uh, i mean this applies broadly for all business contexts but especially in security i feel like this is a complete team sport right and when i say it's a team sport i'm not just talking about like your team or my team right it's about the business partners the uh, you know kind of the vendor ecosystem your you know uh, the folks that you get help uh, staff uh, staff augmentation from so uh, unless you have uh, all of these key players on your side it's really really hard to succeed as a security leader. So uh, I invest a lot of time in building those relationships and um, I feel like uh, that really makes the whole experience pleasurable. Yep, no, I agree. Um, just gonna do a quick room reset. Uh, if you just joined us, we've been uh, chatting with PK, learning about him and his journey uh, and, and his origin story, which is by far one of the most important things that I always like to get out of these conversations. Uh, you know, I'm always intrigued about people's sort of uh, background and, and, you know, what what makes them tick, if you will, from that perspective, right? Um, so if you do have a question and you want to pop up on stage, you feel free to raise your hand. We will bring you up on stage and you can uh, ask uh, PK your question. Um, I'm just looking at the chat. I don't see much in the, in the room chat. Uh, if you don't want to pop up on stage and you want to sort of uh, ask in the room chat, feel free to do so. Um, but PK, what are you what are you reading? What do you, what's on your either Audible list or your your book list? Like what's uh, or, or what's been one of the um, most impactful books that you've read uh, recently or over the you know whatever recently means to you? Good, good question, Thomas. So uh, let me uh, get one thing out of the way. I'm not much of a reader. Um, I'm I'm more of a, a podcast and, and video kind of person. Uh, so, uh, but from a book perspective, uh, I think uh, one book that really helped me when I was uh, uh, transitioning from uh, kind of big tech to the hyper growth startup world uh, was this book called The Hard Things About Hard Things by Ben Horowitz. I think the principles I've really used some of those principles that uh, the way, and the way Ben articulates uh, these principles in that book is, uh, uh, is, is fantastic. So uh, yeah, I've, uh, I mean, that's uh, by far in the context of, uh, uh, you know, kind of business is by far one of my uh, favorite books, I would say. And then, uh, and then other than that, I'm, I follow 
some YouTube uh, channels. I'm a I'm a big fan of uh, Impact Theory and Tom Bilyeu, uh, the kind of guests that he brings to his you know kind of uh, uh, shows uh, from kind of all walks of life, right? Uh, folks who've had success in kind of all walks of life. I mean, folks from uh, you know he talks about health, relationships. Uh, you know how can you be the best version of yourself. Um, he talks about diet, uh, where I have some interest in as well. So uh, that's another, uh, you know, um, another show that I watch. And of course, Thomas, I uh, I do listen to the recordings of uh, you know this chat as well, right? So and then I do follow uh, a few other uh, you know kind of security. I'm getting into like a little bit specific to security. Uh, there are a few podcasts that uh, I, I follow. Uh, there's a podcast uh, called The Secure Developer, which is run by Guy Pajani, who's the founder of Sneak. Uh, I find that podcast pretty insightful. Uh, and then, uh, of course, uh, uh, Ryan Naren's podcast uh, is, is pretty good as well. And then whenever I come across some good op content, I'm very well connected here in the community overall. And I have a lot of peers who, uh, who help me. And I have a lot of uh, uh, mentors as well that uh, I... Uh, overall that I look up to whenever I get a recommendation I, I do dive into it yeah so this is this is kind of my list all I heard was that you listened to the playbacks on this on this clubhouse chat so thank <laughs> you for that yeah <laughs> flattery yeah. will get you everywhere my friend I know Katie. there's a lot of good content Thomas I think uh, very inspiring overall thanks for whatever yeah. you're doing yeah yeah it's, it's it's not me it's it's you folks sitting in the hot seat appeasing us by answering our questions every week. But Katie, I know you have a few more questions. Go ahead, over to you. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, um, and I love that you're here all the time and so you get it. You know, we, we really like to dig into what people say and where they come from. And one of the things I, I love that you said is that you have this, you know, great, you know, group of people that are either your mentors or people that you're teaching. Um, yep. Another question that sometimes is controversial, and please, if you don't feel like answering it, don't, but um, <laughs> I, I'm getting a sense that you're gonna be okay with answering it. Um, you know, what are the things that you've learned though, along the way? Like, what are the, some of the mistakes that those of us who are coming behind you could learn from um, what you've done? You clearly have, you know, an amazing pedigree of your uh, your job and your, your, um, your mentors. So we'd love to not have to fall on our face, you know, ourselves. So we'd love to get that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's a, uh, that's a good, uh, that's a good point, Katie. So uh, I'm just thinking how do I, I'm getting a lot of thoughts as you're asking this question. I'm just thinking the best way to articulate this, right? So I would say that initial part of my career, uh, I was a little slow with, you know, uh, in terms of, you know, reaching out to people for help or uh, networking or actually, you know, getting very active in the community and, and, and all of that, right? I was the initial part of my career, I would say uh, I, I, have, I was a little slow, uh, but in the last few years, I've really kind of put myself out there and I've reached out to, I mean, I've literally, I made a list of all, uh, from, from a business perspective, right? All the key leaders that have uh, influenced, uh, you know, uh, and that have kind of grew up watching or have influenced my career or my thinking in a lot of ways. I, I, I've reached out to them and then, you know, I've kind of established like this, you know, regular cadence with them to, you know, just talk, right? Just get to know them. And it, it need not be, I mean, it needs to be a little fun too, right? It need not be about like career and work all the time. I mean, just get to know them better and all of that, right? And then, uh, and I've, I've just been learning a lot. I've just been learning a lot from uh, these conversations and I'm learning things that, 
you know, I sometimes didn't even imagine or didn't even expect that I would learn. And 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 since I've been uh, I've been doing that, uh, I just feel like I uh, I think the the rate at which I'm growing, not just uh, from professionally, right, also from from a personal as a person as well, right. Overall, uh, it's just it's just tremendous. It's just an overall fulfilling feeling. Uh, and then also, it's it's not just your mentors. And right? I also I also mentor a few folks, and uh, and in in the community, I'm pretty active there as well. And uh, I learn a lot from uh, these folks as well. Sometimes I just learn I learn a lot from this experience overall. And uh, I also mentor some folks who are like in other business domains, like IT or uh, some other field, but they want to get into security. Uh, and I, I learn a lot from these folks as well. So. Uh, yeah, I think to kind of answer, summarize the response to this question, Katie, I think I would probably would have done all of this uh, much uh, earlier, right? I think that's the only learning I would say, yeah. <laughs> well, that's interesting, isn't it? Much earlier. Uh, so how earlier would you have taken it? You know, we, we often, you know, in, in these conversations go into your origin story. So when you just said that, uh, how exactly would you have gone back? into that origin story to have created a different outcome. And by the way, I'm history degree. Uh, I would have <laughs> done a totally different thing. So I'm, that's why I'm yeah. curious. <laughs> yeah, I would probably, uh, so uh, that's a good question. I'm just thinking about a uh, little bit about, so I spent around uh, nine years uh, with Adobe uh, prior to my current uh, gig, right? and. Uh, the Adobe was such a huge company. The first initial three to four years, I was just learning. I was just learning, like uh, absorbing things like a blotting paper, right? Just learning, learning, learning. And I was so focused on learning and building internal relationships, right? I didn't really uh, focus much on the community and the external relationships. So, uh, Katie, I think I would take it uh, 10 years back, you know, if I could. <laughs> Okay. Well, what was happening ten years ago? I, I'm sorry, Queen. Uh, no, what I was saying is, uh, I'd I'll take it ten years back because I, uh, what I was telling you was the first four to five years that I spent at uh, Adobe, uh, I was uh, you know more involved with all the internal stuff, like there, like getting to know folks in the business, learning all the internal stuff, and uh, I didn't really you know, focus much on the external aspects, like getting involved in the community and mentoring people or trying to acquire mentors or building those external relationships, right? That's what was, was happening, yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, well, if you were to go 20 years back, you'd be an infant, it looks like. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, a, a funny question, I asked somebody a couple of weeks ago and it was weird because I asked it just kind of randomly. I said, hey, what would you say to your eight-year-old self? And he was like, that's so interesting because I can picture myself as exactly an eight-year-old person. So I'm just curious now, is that something we, we can repeat? Are, like, As an eight-year-old person, what were you thinking that you would want to do? And then how would you, you know, impact the, the space you're in now based on that eight-year-old person? Don't sniff good, glue. Don't good question. You're it. making me think. Oh, yeah. no worries. I, listen, I, it was it was a fun yeah. question a couple of weeks ago yeah, that really resonated. Question, yeah. He was like, I remember when I was eight years old. I'm like, wow, that's weird because I don't remember when I was eight years old. I thought it was so Katie, one Maybe I'm a terrible I, questioner. 
Yeah. There's one thing that I distinctly remember. Uh, it's uh, kind of like a fun answer to this question. I think when I was eight years old, I wanted to be a pilot. And I would tell this to my grandmother all the time, right? That I want to be a pilot. I, I clearly remember that. <laughs> so. I love it. Love yeah. it. So a pilot. I love it. So, uh, well, and that's the thing. It's funny when we look back on our lives and then um, get to, to, to move forward. But I think Tomas was going to say something, but thank you for that. I, thank you for, uh, you know, just kind of humoring me in, in that question. Yeah, that quickly f- faded away, I guess, right? Maybe when I became nine, you know. <laughs> but... <laughs> I love it. Yeah, thank you. All right, Tomas. No, Katie, I was just saying a, a, a corny joke about don't sniff glue or eat glue uh, at eight years old. That's probably what I would oh, tell myself. But, uh, I guess. Are you confessing something, Tomas? I don't recall because I don't remember. I don't remember being eight years old ever. It's so long ago. I guess I'm that old that I Maybe that's barely a sound remember effect. that. <laughs> Could be. Same here. <laughs> Could be. Come on, you 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 know you know when you were around like that young age when when um remember the copy machines used to be like uh, paper and some windy thing that they would sort of wind I and do. make copies yeah. on, and they would give you the copy and you would sort of smell it. And you're like, hey, what's the smell of a fresh copy paper? So right. you've never heard of stencil, right? You know what a stencil is. Yeah, I know what it's this. Duplicated that machine that's operated yeah. by hand. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm talking about. That's what it is. I okay. couldn't remember what it's called. Okay. All right. No one remembers that. We're too young for that, Tomas. No, that Hussein knows exactly he remembers exactly <laughs> word for word what that is because he called it. He labeled it. I can't remember what it was called. But uh anyways. All right, we're we're uh, we're getting off 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 topic here. Um but this is usually actually the fun part. So, uh, look, it is 8.52 p.m. Eastern time. If you do have a question for PK, feel free to raise your hand. We'll bring you up on stage and you can ask him a question. Or if you want to ridicule the mods, well, actually, we won't bring you up on stage to do that. Save that for another time. But uh, we, Hussein, oh, any, any other mods, any other questions for, uh, for PK? Well, I, I mean, I always have more questions. <laughs> Go oh, ahead, I'm so sorry, PK. You're gonna be so annoyed. You're, you're throwing all the difficult questions. You make me think. You're going like time travel here, Katie. <laughs> oh, you stop <laughs> that. Use that. No, I, I really appreciate you. And and again, thank you for your time and spending this this time with us. Because yeah, as much as I joke about the you know eight year old question, um, I also look back at my own career um, significantly. You know, it, what would you do a year ago? What, would you do two years ago? What would you do three years ago? Are there things that you um, now looking at the climate that we're in today um, that you would pivot or or recommend uh, for where we are today? Uh, yeah, I will. Uh, I mean, I'll give you, uh, you know, kind of my honest perspective here, right? So uh, I would say that, okay, from a business perspective, if I'm looking at two or three years ago, at least in, in the context of my life, I don't think I would have done anything different. I think uh, um, I feel like, you know, I've uh, uh, kind of made uh, the right, you know, moves that have got me fulfillment and satisfaction and all of that. But with, uh, 
you know, the current climate and with whatever is going on, I think self-care is extremely, extremely important. So if uh, that's another thing, like if I could go back in time, I would have started doing yoga and, uh, you know, practicing, uh, you know, mindfulness and meditation and all of these things that I've gotten into and worked a little bit on my diet, which I've been doing lately. Uh, I would have done that uh, several years back. And uh, and if uh, yeah, if your question is more, mostly around like what can others, uh, you know, kind of uh, look into, I would really encourage uh, and the other folks to kind of look into these things because this really helps, right? This really helps not just in life, but uh, also in the context of work, business, family, everything. Yeah. Yeah, I, I appreciate that too when you, um, you look at it in that capacity. And thankfully, look, we have um, Nabil and Henry. Thank you for joining the stage. Thank you for being uh, people who come every single week <laughs> to uh, this this Wednesday evening fireside chat. So, Nabil. Um, How are you doing, guys? Thank you for having me again. It's very a pleasure. It's your friend from the north. As, as as I said, I always love hearing this this room and it's always enlightening. This is my my Wednesday drink, actually. You're my buddy of <laughs> a drink, like the cyber drink. I usually don't have this chance with the COVID and everything. And nice. my, my question my question to you, um um I'm a very passionate about cybersecurity, incident response and incident handling, but looking in looking at it from a management and more tactical approach. I would like to have your input on what was one of your major incident that you have or a breach or something that you have to live through and what is the 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 options that you will see in the future that should be advancing the the the, the culture of handling those kind of incidents. Good question. So, uh, yeah, I mean, without getting into too many details, uh, uh, you know, and without getting into trouble, uh, I will say that uh, I was fortunate enough that when I was uh, when I was with Adobe to have experienced uh, uh, several of such scenarios, and uh, I've lived through a couple of uh, uh, pretty major ones. I would say several years back, several several years back, and uh, most of you that have been in the industry for uh, for for over a decade, probably know that what I'm talking about, uh, and yeah, I think uh, uh, just living through that experience and uh, you know working on uh, all of the you know kind of follow up action items that came out of that, and then uh, seeing that to closure, uh, and then uh, seeing that to closure to a level where it satisfied all the relevant stakeholders. I know I'm just being a little cryptic here because I don't know where the line is. Like, I don't want to go too deep into some of the stuff that uh, uh, that it was privileged. So, yeah, I think uh, with that uh, experience, uh, from a building a career uh, in security perspective, I think that experience really uh, helped me fast track some of my learnings overall. Uh, now, from an approach perspective, uh, Nabil, if your question is, and this is again my uh, personal thoughts and opinion, I think from an approach perspective, uh, transparency equals trust, in my opinion, right? Uh, and uh, a, uh, an approach of being, uh, you know, proactive and transparent in communication builds trust, uh, and uh, that is extremely important in the current scenario uh, where. Uh, you are transparent about 
uh, what is transpiring and you're communicating uh, in a timely fashion so that uh, you know you build trust with your stakeholders yeah Amazing. Thank you very much. It's very insightful. And I have a very weird question that I'm going to be pausing and I like it. I do it with my team sometimes. And if a CISO or like a person on your role has to be a character in a Marvel uh, reality, what would you be and why? <laughs> uh, I'll be honest here. I'm not much into Marvel, so I can't give an answer on this, Nabil. I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe I'm going to open it for the rest of the teams here, guys. Yeah. So what will be a CISO role in the Marvel, like, reality? Doctor Strange. I think Doctor Strange is a, is probably a good role. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> yeah. uh, being able to uh, do some wizardry. Wizard, wizard. Oh, man, I can't say that word for some reason today. Be a wizard. And uh, and move move things, sh shifting, shift locations. Uh, I think that's probably a, a good role for CISOs. <laughs> yeah, to make impossible things possible. Anyways, thanks, Nabil. Thanks for uh, thanks for that. Thank you. No, thank you, man. Thank you for uh, popping up on stage and asking a question. There is a question in the chat. There is a question in the chat. Sound like a, like a Peloton Peloton host there. Uh, there is a question from Ben in the chat. Uh, for PK and the Broda panel room, what do security leaders think of these safe browsers like Island and Talon Cyber? They're stripped down, secure, quote unquote, secure browsers for end users. Are leaders using these products or plan to use them? What do you think, PK? <laughs> PK, can you hear me? Can you, yeah, I can hear you. I think I got knocked off for. Uh, uh, yeah. So, uh, Thomas, I don't think. I, I, I thought that was great. It was like right on cue. Right what on, do you think, PK? Oh, where's PK? Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, Thomas, I don't. I, I would say let's open this up for the rest of the panel. I, I'm not super familiar with these things, to be honest. Yeah. Anybody, anybody on the panel wanna wanna take that question from Ben? Oof. I this this island thing I've never heard of. I don't. I mean, we've used the uh, the what's that uh, Chrome for the you know there's a mode you can go in that doesn't cache anything. I honestly don't surf a lot. Don't get time to surf. So uh, yeah, I think it's along the lines of like uh, safe browser. Sorry, not safe browsers. Along the lines of like a browser containerization or or something something to the extent like that uh, i'm trying to think of a, a vendor and i just can't remember their name right now i, mean, Bromium, I think maybe that's what ben was going yeah, bromium was one vendor that did some segmentation i don't know if they got acquired they're still in the but i don't know if there's any there's isolation browsing from a number of different vendors I'm I think that's, yeah, I think that's what Ben is going. Ben, if you if you're still in the audience, you want to pop up on stage and maybe clarify your question. Uh, but I think I think that's where he's going with with uh, one of those vendors in that space. Hussein. Yeah, so there are about four or five vendors in that space, and many companies have deployed isolation browsing. What it really does is is just virtual browsing. It doesn't allow 
any communication with the PC or computer you're browsing from, everything stays within that shell. So you can allow people to read emails, respond to emails. And if there's any malware anywhere, it's not going to come down to your computer. If there's sites water hold, it doesn't matter because that shell's not going to do anything. Once you close that browser window, it simply just clears out everything. So, yep. Agree. Agree. Look, I think it's a specific use cases. Uh, you would use it, um, you know, not for everyday browsing. At least I haven't seen it being used for everyday browsing because I think it, it, you start to conflict with things like, you know, just basic things, right? Logging into a site. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, it is, you know, I'm not going to get into what we do specifically because I want to make this less about me and my company but more about experience but i've i've seen teams use it in in prior lives for you know looking at sites that are uh considered you know maybe quote unquote dark websites yeah. or you know dark web yeah. or hacker sites or things like yeah, that. yeah i wouldn't go on census of that io from a regular computer i'll probably use a browser isolation or show an io or something of that sort where i know i'm going to be looking at stuff that uh, could potentially be malicious right so and then also in regulated areas where you don't want people posting anything into the from your computers into the you know internet anyway you can put them in an isolation they can only do the browsing part they can't upload anything they can't download anything so it's basically virtualized uh, browsing pretty much I, I like going to security conferences and uh, using the computers that are available at those at those booths to surf the web. Those are the best way to do it. You know what? It's so funny you say that, Tomas. You know, I'm thinking about, you know, we're getting back to getting going to these conferences again. So am I going to be at uh, RSA? Yes, I am. Am I going to be at Black Hat? Yes, I am. And what I love about walking around those conferences is all of these new technologies. But um, have we gotten, you know, a little bit lazy in our, you know, I wonder when I log into something, I hope that, um, you know, when I'm, I'm looking at these new technologies. So I'd love to see, you know, what you guys have to say about that. So we're getting back into it. Um, so you pick up all the thumb drives from every place and plug. I do all. Yeah, <laughs> I put them on my pillow, and then also like when I check in, I would like a thumb drive at every single moment. But but honestly, it's funny enough. But remember, there are all these people who have come behind us who are not as wise. And when I say wise, I say that with a little bit of a quote because I'm old mm -hmm. AF. But like, listen, like they, we don't, you know, they're going to drop stuff. Things are going to be funny at these uh, physical conferences. So I'd love to hear everyone's uh, opinion about that. I will not be at any conferences that I will name on this clubhouse. Oh, right. Chat, I'm not going to be there uh, right either. Now, cause... <laughs> yeah. I was at the healthcare conference last week. Uh, that's where I actually meant, uh, spent some time with Pam, your guest last week. But, um... Oh, that's awesome. Was there a lot of people there wearing masks? I'm just uh, no, it was in Florida as if COVID never happened. I, I, I do want to get political, but I just thought that's funny. Healthcare no, you don't need to. I'm not going to any of those conferences, obviously, but like, but let's talk about it. Let's let, I think that that was an interesting topic that um, we can 
get to is what do we do now when we're seeing each other again? How do yeah, we change I don't know. I don't know, okay. I don't know if I want to get out there and, and, and see people. It's like right? see people in person. I want to see your metaverse mm. avatar instead of seeing you in, in IRL. Right? Hey, Tomas, what next you time I see you, I'm giving you a big hug. I'm getting you in for that COVID. Oh, man. Yeah. You can hug my PFP instead. Yeah. I think that's a. Hey, PK, I got a question for you. Uh-huh. Uh, growing up, did you ever go fishing in the ocean? Oh, I um, I did, but in a completely, I mean, how do I describe? It's not the American uh, type of fishing, right? I would go with like fishermen in their boats mm-hmm. with the nets and all of that. It's a it's a completely different uh, way of fishing. It's like these big nets and, and all yep. of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Any... Um... So tell us a, a childhood story that you know that would uh, that we could relate into as you grew wait, into we gonna, a young adult. Are we gonna really skip? Well, who's saying wait? Are we gonna really skip Katie's question? Should oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, enough, Katie. Yeah. I apologize. Sorry. No, we should let's let's answer a question. Let's let's uh, talk about the conferences. So you were at, you were at the uh, Hims conference last week. How, how was that? Who's saying how did how was that? Experience? It was good. I mean, I you know, I had to be a little bit careful. I washed uh, I didn't go into larger crowds. But and at the same time, you know, the, the attendance was one third of what it usually used to be. So Hims is like RSA for healthcare. So about 45 50,000 people worldwide that converge into one place. And last year there were no more than six thousand. This year maybe twenty thousand people. A lot of uh, health IT vendors that do they have actually worked into cyber command they call it, and they set up some cyber companies there to showcase their solutions. But for somebody like me who works in healthcare, my objective is to go and find out what's an upcoming in healthcare from health IT, from automation, from newer solutions. Right? How are they overlaying things on PACs, EHRs? What type of intelligence systems are being built and how secure are they? And what do we need to come back and look forward to our clinicians coming back to you know implement, right? So that's really what our goal is. And that's what we do. And then St. Patrick's Day fell right in the middle of it. So we did go out and have some fun. That's awesome. Sounds like uh... Katie, sounds like the conferences are still the same way they were yeah. like this years ago. Which has changed, apparently. No, I yeah. love that. No, I love that you said that, though. And I, it's so encouraging that that's happening again. You know, mm-hmm. you're getting out there and you're, you're able to celebrate St. Patrick's Day and, and also, you know, hang out with your, you know, practitioners who can <laughs> help you, you know, every day. It's, it's amazing. I'm so thankful for that. Uh, I do, yeah, uh, and you know the vendors are the same. You know they're not going to change. You know the, the expensive dinners offers and all that. And so, uh, if you're not a big on dinners and stuff, you could simply you know, politely decline and go with a couple friends and have a quiet dinner and come back, right? So that 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 hasn't changed. You, know, you can't walk into the hotel lobby and see you know a bunch of people waving at you trying to get, get you to get over there and hang with them for a couple of hours and it's always a social engineering way of them trying to figure out what they can sell you right so that hasn't changed either so 
I think what I think what you I don't know if you experienced this, Hossein, uh, or, or you can tell us if you did, but were vendors and and just people in general more appreciative to see you, right, or happier to see you in person and sort of reconnect that way? Was it was it that sort of like, hey, it's been two years, I haven't seen you in a long time, versus the way it used to be, uh, where it's like, oh man, you're again at the same com- at the same conference. Oh, let me go walk a different direction. Or maybe that was just my experience. People walking by me saying, oh, I don't want to see Tomas. Let me just were people walking from you, Tomas? Oh. <laughs> Happens all the time. Happens all the time. Trust me. So here's the thing, right? You, we are all, all six of us on the stage here have been in this industry for what, close to 20 years, right? So we have built relationships with the founders, executives and other companies and senior sales executives. So yes, they were, many of them were very happy to run into you, you know, sat down, exchange, you know, stories about our families changing, how things are changing. And then in between somewhere, you know, kind of did some uh, politicking too. Yeah. And then there were some naturally, you know, younger uh, or mentor that you had not ever met would try to kind of rope you into coming into their booth, scanning your badge and trying to get you a demo or, um, or try to offer you a giveaway type of thing. But, um, for the most part, I felt that it was one of those things where people were very happy to be back at the conference and able to get out, get out of their shell and, you know, meet the people they had not met for the last two or three years and were able to, uh, you know, commiserate and get to know each other again. All right, let's... uh let's um uh let's let's bring let's bring us back over to pk pk i know we were yep. we were sort of we, we went off the uh off no the but, that, there, was but a, it... that was a good like i did a few conferences actually last year i was at aws reinvent and i did a couple of isaka events and uh i was also at defcon and all of that right so uh katie uh there was a lot of excitement initially when uh, i mean i was excited to go back and meet all my you know kind of uh, folks in the community that I know, uh, this whole ecosystem that we have, right? Uh, Ex-colleagues and some vendors that I've worked with in the past, and uh, and and all kinds of acquaintances, right? So it was, uh, uh, it was I was like super excited, and uh, there was definitely that uh, excitement overall. I feel like of meeting folks in in person again, and uh, and then that's going to continue. I'm really looking forward to the RSC conference later this summer as well. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important. So listen, like I've, I came up through the, you know, working for startups and bringing something new to market. Like I literally said, Hey, there's this new DMARC thing. And everyone looked at me like I was crazy, you know, and now it's a, it's a standard. It's an open standard that everyone uses. And there is something to it. You know, when we go to these conferences and we can talk to people in person where it's it's pretty magical. You know, you might run into somebody that's it's actually giving you, you know, some information that will be beneficial. So that's why I love this. And that's why I love this uh, Wednesday night, you know, chat, you know, because we're talking about it with each other. I wonder when was the first time you asked about DMARC to a networking person and they were like, wait, what? It's over uh, there in that closet over there. That's where the DMARC is at. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's when you know you're old, Katie. You're not old. I know. I, we are old. Listen, if I say it enough behind the scenes that I'm old and I tell you enough I'm old, then you'll believe it 
and and then you'll be like, yeah, she's old. Yeah, she's very young. She's very young and hip and cool. Yeah. Nah, no, nah, that's not true. <laughs> and, you know, so, Octavia's uh, not here to tell you anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead, Rose. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm teaching this week from my basement. So I teach with Sands about once a month or so. And uh, I've got everything set up. I've got my arrangement. I've kind of got used to that these last two years after doing it in person for uh, for a very long time. Uh, and then with me going back into the classroom for the first time in the next month, it's like, whoa, all these things, being able to go upstairs, see the family, let the dog outside. It's, it's going to be a little bit of stress on that as far as, you know, managing the classroom in person versus, you know, over Zoom and, and other things. So it's it's a it's going to be, like you say, Katie, a new dynamic, a new way to kind of get our groove into and, you know, what are the cues to say, you know, don't touch me or give me a big hug like I've not seen you in two years. You know, how is that going to work out? It'll be interesting to see. I'm not lying to you. Like, I, I'm nervous about it when I go into RSA. And I love that Caitlin joined the stage. And uh, uh, are you thinking about this, Caitlin? I might be. Um, I'm also going to FSI SAC next week. And I'm one yeah. of those evil vendors hosting, hosting those peer dinners. But I guess I have the benefit of, you know, doing it on behalf of the organization. So I'm not necessarily angling for anything specific by setting these up. But I wanted to ask a question when it comes to topics of conversation, because, you know, I'm, I'm always, you know, driving to, to strive for your connections. And Tomas says that I'm really good at making friends for other people. So as we go into, you know, the Financial Services Information Security Conference next week, I was just curious about topics that are top of mind. I'm hearing from a lot of, you know, your peers that I speak to, it's around, you know, attrition, staffing, how to maintain talent, considering the environment, and also how to get away from point solutions without, you know, getting married to a specific platform and, and vendor. I don't know if those are, you know, topics that are still relevant in conversation, but I was just curious if there's anything else top of mind that's concerning that we should be discussing next week. What's the menu? If it's if there's no vegetarian options, I'm not going. You know, I always <laughs> pick a good vegetarian place for you. <laughs> He'll have your new key. Don't worry. PK, you want to take that question from from Kate? Yeah. Uh, can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Loud and clear. perfect. Yeah, I think this uh, goes back. I think supply chain security, right, uh, in the fintech space overall. Uh, is it's a hot topic uh, that could be like really a good conversation starter, Caitlin. Uh, I feel like everybody's mind uh, is on that right now, and um, and folks want to get a grip of. Uh, uh, I mean, especially in this SaaS and you know kind of API connected world, and you add uh, financial services to that, uh, it, it the problem becomes even more complicated, right? You're as a SaaS service, you're probably consuming SaaS services from like several different other folks in the ecosystem. You're using the overall like fintech, uh, you know, infrastructure to power, you know, whatever your business is. So then, what are the risks that come out of that, right? Like, uh, uh, if uh, and then how do you even know how this interconnectivity works, and how do you uh, you know, kind of inventorize all of this and understand where the risk is and how do you manage it, right? I see a lot of good tech uh, that is, uh, you know, built in the startup ecosystem right now around specific aspects of supply chain, but 
I certainly feel like this, uh, from a practitioner's perspective, this could be a hot topic. And another one, uh, Kitlin, I think the talent shortage that you mentioned is another great conversation starter. Um, everybody's talking about it. I think we just need more folks in uh, in the in the profession. There are so many open jobs, and there are not just enough people uh, across the world, and and specifically in the U.S. here to fill those jobs. And so we need to be more. Uh, encouraging towards you know folks from other business domains like you know engineering IT and uh, it could be several other uh, domains to kind of uh, move into security right and then also retain retaining talent and diversity and all of these aspects so yeah these could be some good good points here curious what others think I liked what you said about diversity. Have you done anything on your um, management team to do anything specific about uh, acquiring talent that is more diverse? Or yeah, it's uh, I know in our industry, I don't want to put you on the spot. No, I mean I'm happy to answer this question, uh, Katie. So I am uh, I'm actually uh, very conscious about this when I'm hiring, uh, and I truly, truly believe that when you uh, you uh, uh, you know the, when you have a truly diverse team, uh, you get the best outcome, right? Because you you have these people uh, from you know different uh, you know different walks of life and different perspective who think of problem solving in a completely different way, right? So when you have a bunch of those perspectives, I feel like you can build a really really effective team. And I'm I'm very conscious about that. I'm just conscious, and then the way I think about diversity is like 360 degree, right? Um, it could be different backgrounds. It's like gender diversity. There is, uh, uh, you know, kind of all kinds of other stuff. But uh, yeah, I think that that's how I think about that, Katie. No, I, th I appreciate that too. Yeah, and it's interesting too, like uh, uh, neurodiversity even is a thing. I don't know if you've done anything on your team to ensure that people, you know, from a, a neurodiverse. So what is it again? I'm not familiar with that term. Oh, neurodiversity. So anyone who, um, you know, maybe has ADHD and maybe has a, a, a like a problem organizing themselves. Oh, got <laughs> it, got like it, that. yeah. Yeah, so in the US, you know, right now there are a number of uh, teams that are, are working on ensuring that, you know, they, they create environments that, um, for people like me, by the way, who are neurodiverse and I have ADHD. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's, I think some, one of those things that uh, is, is really important as people develop teams to know that they might need to make a little bit of an adjustment to find a, maybe a genius who has, you know, a, a skill in a different area who also may not be so great at organizing themselves. So that's, that's where that comes from. And yeah. I'm, I'm very passionate about uh, the neurodiversity in uh, cybersecurity specifically, because there are a number of people who are also really great at, um, you know, being in, in a specific uh, field in this, this area. Sure. Well. Yeah. yeah. Thanks yeah. for sharing that. That's very insightful. Oh, of course. Yeah. Sharing. No, it's, yeah. it's, it's great. It's, this is the future of our industry in, yeah. in my opinion. So Katie, question around that. Uh, can you describe that a little bit more, how to actually approach that in a workplace if you're looking for talent and, uh, you know, in, in like you said, the, the 
diverse it's a it's a diverse group of people and and we need to kind of accept that but at least be able to figure out how to make that accommodating for them yeah of course you know yeah and, and listen i've i've run a number of rooms on clubhouse around neurodiversity so i can do that again and i i don't want to hijack this um for our, our um our person who there He's, he's here today, but like, listen, so I'm a little uncomfortable because now I'm talking about myself a little bit, but yeah, you know, people who are neurodiverse, um, are, you know, may have a, um, difficulty in, um, processing how to organize yourself for a day. Right. So they may also have a really great way to approach a problem. How do you do that in, work environment, you know, that those are things that you have to look at when you're looking at a neurodiverse person. Um, they may be really great at uh, developing uh, particular, you know, uh, solution to a problem, but they can't articulate it like, like I'm doing right now. I, I was putting on, the, I was put on the spot and did you see what happened? Uh, Even you. though I'm normally, see what I'm saying? Like, th that's what happens. It's like when somebody is normally really good at something and they are, are all of a sudden put into a, a situation where they can't do it. I'm actually really thankful for it. This is great. This is perfect. Please reprint this over and over because I have a, a great approach to problems. I'm an executive in the industry. I do a great job every single day. Do I all of a sudden, you know, am I able to, to write it down? Um, sometimes that's the thing that people need is they need someone who's able to come in and say, how do I write down? How do I approach a problem? How do I do this? And awesome. so, um, yeah, yeah, you, you, you witnessed it. Yeah. I got put into a corner where my neurodiversity, um, was, uh, really prevalent, but I'm, I'm actually really happy to do it. And I'm going to turn it over back over to my colleagues, but like, that's what happens with people who are neurodiverse. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're saying stop being a bully. Sounded like a little bit of bullying there. I'm just playing. Now, Katie, Katie thanks for being, oh, you're being welcome. Look, and, and explaining that's that hard to us. for me. It's, it's good for us to learn. No, but it's good for us to Replay learn. Replay it, everybody. Um, it was, it, that's, yeah. that's, that's painful for me even to know that it was happening. But like, that's what neurodiversity is, is that you, you're not always on point, but here we are, talented, female. Talented woman, absolutely, absolutely agree and with you. Um, and neurodiverse. Uh, um, I was gonna, I was gonna ask uh, uh, Caitlin since she's still on the stage. Caitlin, uh, speaking of conferences, uh, are, are you you bringing any good swag? You know, because a lot of times people wanted to go to conferences for like good swag. Any good swag that you bring into uh, to the conferences, or is it, you know, is it like stuff that we don't want to have? Like, you know, scan this QR code, plug in this USB stick. Here, take this this uh, uh, portable phone charger and plug it into your phone, you know, things that that drives cybersecurity practitioners a little bit uh, crazy sometimes. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. I've got all the tchotchkes. Um, no, not at all. I actually don't carry any of that. I feel really bad about bringing it just because I know everybody chucks it and I'm a little environmentalist at heart and I feel bad adding to, you know, the ever growing pile of trash. But um, I can say that the what I do is I try and create like peer experiences. So I'll go and I'll reserve a really nice restaurant like two or three months out at a conference and bring everybody together and say, you know what? I'm going to introduce everybody and I'm going to go make my way over to the bar. You guys have a great time and I'll be back to facilitate conversation if you need it. So that's sort of the, I would say the value that, that I bring to the table outside of USB drives. <laughs> All right. Our next episode will be sponsored by Caitlin. Um, thanks, Caitlin. Appreciate you asked. I'm sure you're going to have a good, <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sure you're going to have a good time at the conference. Um, so, Look, it's uh, it's nine twenty seven p.m. Eastern time, um, which means it's we're about three minutes shy of wrapping up our our show this evening. It's been a great conversation so far. We've learned a lot about PK. We've also learned a lot about the mods and what they like and what they don't like about conferences, and uh, a, a little bit about neurodiversity, um, which is a topic that I'm sure we should all spend some time really trying to learn more about, so that we could. Uh, one, figure out how to cultivate uh, individuals who, who have that, right? And figure out how to take advantage, or not so much take advantage, figure out how to, how to opportunistically uh, leverage that level of diversity in our own organization. So I think that's a, that's a good thing. And thank you, Katie, for, for inadvertently or accidentally um, bringing it, us down the path of talking about it's that. It's accidental, but I'm really thankful for it. Thank you for the platform for it. Thank you, Tomas. No, thank you, Katie. That's why we love you on our, as one of our resident mods. So um, it is 9.28 p.m. Eastern time, as I mentioned. I don't know why I keep, maybe I got a little bit of craziness to me uh, with, with time, something about time. I always want to talk about time. Maybe it's because I always want to be on time and figure out what time it is. But who has the time for that? All right, I'll stop. Um, hopefully, you've enjoyed the uh, conversation this evening uh, with PK. PK, I will leave you, uh, actually, not leave you. I will ask you one final question that I typically like to ask our guests uh, as we're concluding the show. And we touched a little bit upon this earlier. I know Katie asked you around that sort of um I don't know if she said advice, but it was definitely around the sort of eight-year-old you. But what I want to sort of ask is similar to that. Um, what's that one piece of advice that has been bestowed upon you in your years of, of, of life, if you will, right? Whether it's career advice or personal advice that you would give to the younger version of you. What's that one piece of advice and why? Yeah, that's a um, uh, that's a really um, uh, loaded question, Thomas. Right? Um, I think one piece of advice that uh, I feel like you know has really uh, kind of helped uh, me overall in life and career is to have uh, you know is to actually uh, build an ecosystem around you of folks that you can lean on. Uh, at any point of time and and this doesn't happen i mean this has to be like a two-way relationship this cannot be like a one-way relationship uh but uh, so i mean it could be in the context of mentorship in the context of like you know work security business uh and all of that right and 
Uh, and so one of my uh, earlier mentors mentioned this to me. And the way I look at it is it's like a 360 degree diversity, right? Like, for example, I have folks that I take advice from my mentors and I, I make sure that's a diverse group of people. It's not just like security leaders. It is. The, I also, uh, you know, I uh, have some like sales CROs in my in my network that uh, uh, that I look up to. Right. There are uh, you know, there's I have I make sure I have women mentors as well. Right. Uh, and then this need not be just in the security profession, right? This could be people from all walks of life, right? If you find something interesting, there's something to learn from, this work and nurture on that relationship so that you just build um, uh, that ecosystem around you uh, so that, uh, you know, you can really lean on them uh, when, 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 uh, when, when, when the time comes. And not just that, you can also uh, help them, right? When they need it, right? So it's, it's, that's why I keep saying it's a, it's a mutual relationship. So that would be, uh, and this takes a lot of effort, uh, especially if you are, like it's slightly easier for me because I'm very extroverted. If you are introverted, it might take uh, a little bit more effort and uh, you need to come out of your comfort zone, but that would be my one piece of advice, Thomas. Thanks for asking that question, by the way. Yeah. No, thank you for your for your response. So look, that, that brings us to, to the conclusion of, of this evening. Uh, we do appreciate everyone uh, joining us and sticking around. Uh, before we wrap, I just want to say a few final uh, final comments. So if you are inclined, we do this every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. We run to about 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, next week, we have Timur, or Tim, who's the co-founder and CEO of Silera. Uh, I've had the pleasure of knowing Tim for a few years now, um, him and his company, uh, and I, I, I know Hussein knows him and a few other folks know him. So uh, we should have a good time with, with Tim next week um, in the, on the hot seat, uh, learning about this, I'll call it young, expire, as, aspiring sort of entrepreneur and CEO and young leader of, of his company. So it'd be really good to to hear him and, and his story. So that, that should be a, a fun conversation. So please come back next week, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. Um, with that, PK, thanks again for taking the time out of your busy schedule to work, to spend with us. I know you're on the West Coast, so it's not like you were able to leave work early. Well, actually, you had to leave work early to be on this <laughs> on this conversation. So we do appreciate you uh, carving out that time in, in your day. So definitely uh, appreciate that. Mods, any final words for PK? Great to have you here, PK. Thanks, Katie. Yeah, I'd say that too. Like, I you know, accidentally stumbled upon, you know, acknowledging that I'm neurodiverse with this group. So, and thank you for that. And, um, you know, thank you for, you know, creating an environment with our guest tonight too, that he would, you know, everybody is, uh, understands that, uh, you know, we come to the table with what we have. And I appreciate having the opportunity to say that today. Thank you. You know, we do come to the table with what we have, and I appreciate that. And your time uh, with us this evening, uh, PK, has been very uh, meaningful and, and hit us all in a bunch of great ways. So thank you for that. Yeah, thanks for taking the time uh, and sharing your insights. Much appreciated. And if you haven't looked at the chat, uh, there's some good links in the chat for uh, for that folks have shared. So feel free to look at the playback or listen to the playback and then take a look at the chat. Uh, PK, last word is yours, my friend. Sure, yeah. Hey, um, 
Thomas, I must say that big thank you to you for doing this. Uh, I, um, I mean, of course, you inspire a lot of people from doing this. So, uh, and our community totally needs something like this. So, thanks for having me here. Uh, it was I had a lot of fun. I learned a lot. Uh, and uh, thanks for all the moderators for asking such amazing questions and uh, uh, made me think about things that uh, uh, you know uh, in in different ways. So, uh, appreciate it. Had a lot of fun. Uh, and let's, uh, you know, kind of continue doing this. I'm looking forward to kind of being back here. Thank you so much, guys. Sounds good. Absolutely. There you have it, folks. Have a good rest of your evening. Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. It's a, it's a, for those in cybersecurity, it's a struggle, but let's keep at it. Let's keep at it. That's why we get paid to, uh, to keep the, the good fight going. Uh, so have a good rest of your week. Cheers, everybody. Bye. Bye. Good night. Night.